police in the morning. A deranged kid murders his father and has his arm crushed by the farm tractor. After being discharged from the mental hospital with an amputee, he discovers that his mother has remarried, prompting him to go on a homicidal rampage. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the, the B-Movie, B-Movie Bros. Bros. Here are B-Movies, best of our ability. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. Here we are for the month of April, spring cleaning, where we're cleaning out the crypt, picking random movies from the decrepit Crypt of Nightmares 50 movie collection. And this week, it's movie number 27, Matthew, from 1972, also known as Scream Bloody Murder. So you heard what IMDb's description of the movie had to say, because the box set has no descriptions. Let's dive right into this shit with our technical difficulties, top and bottom three. Let's start with the bottom, Paul. We can only go up. Sounds good to me. So for me, number three, the visual quality looks a little overexposed, and it's somewhat hard to look at, especially for a movie that's almost 90 minutes long. Number two, in the first half of the film, Matthew is a serial killer, and it is just slow and boring and pretty stupid. Number one, Matthew. It's weird to say when you think about <laughs> it. Like, oh, uh, he's he's just killing people. Nothing special. Come on, get on with the plot. And then number one, Matthew kills a dog. It's not like it's not even just like he kills the dog. Like, like he like leads it to a place like specifically to murder. It's like such. It's, w- it's one of the saddest things I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> yeah, he just holds the little guy down, and you like. The poor dog doesn't know what's going on, and he just gets butchered. Aw, R.I.P. Puppy. All right, number three. Um, so I understand this is a low-budget horror film from the 70s. I'm not trying to pass judgment on bad quality and things like that, on technical things, but the lighting and the sound quality is just really unpleasant in certain places. Like, it looked like the film was, like had too much sun exposure or something. Number two, the pacing of the film is not very good, at least at the beginning. Like, you know, it's, it takes a while to figure, for Matthew's, like, character to really figure out what he's going to do. He's just kind of like, you know, uh, he's obviously a psychopath, but it's not until he, like, kidnaps the, like, art, the uh, art hoe where he, like, decides to, you know, this is, this is what my calling is, to kidnap this woman and, you know, live with her and, whatever you know that's when it really like came into its own and number one so matthew's hook hand because he has a hook for a hand as you've heard in the description um it was criminally underused it was um yeah it was it barely came into play and like for a lot of the movie i'm wondering why did they even bother giving him that? He, like, uses a rock at one point. He, like, strangles multiple people. This is butcher knives and art art supplies. It's like, what what the hell? Like, you have a built-in weapon. Use it. Like, this is your gimmick. Well, we'll, we'll get to that. So, for number three on the top for me, the second half of the film, I mean, once, you know, once we abandon the serial killer aspect of the movie and move on, the pacing picks up, there's more things occurring, and it's just much more enjoyable. Number two, although it only happens, you know, 
at one point in the movie. I mean, spoiler alert, if, if you haven't realized spoilers already. I mean, he kills a hooker with his hook hand. I mean, what better use, if you're going to save that hook for one kill, to kill a hooker with your hook? So who is the real hooker in that situation? And then number one, the transition from killer to kidnapper and captor. I mean, like Paul said, his the development of his character went from just generic slasher to, like, really depraved, like, you know, kidnapper. Like, it was just... It was like watching two different movies with the same characters in it. It was very interesting, and like I said, he was much more a much more enjoyable villain in that aspect than just, like, randomly killing people because no reason. Yeah, and it transitioned really well, I felt. Like, he just went from, like, you know, murderer to um, kidnapper and, like, stalker, like, very naturally. It was a natural, like, um, a natural development that I felt like it seemed very believable. So number three, this movie def- is definitely a ripoff of Psycho to some extent, but it was different enough where it had its own identity. Like, you know, obviously Matthew is, like, based off Norman Bates, which came out, like, I think four years earlier or something like that. But, like, he's not, like, a complete ripoff. It's, uh, I guess even saying it, it's a ripoff is not really fair, but, like, I feel inspired like... Inspired Yeah, by. he's definitely heavily, heavily inspired by Norman Bates in the movie Psycho, but... It was different enough where, like, I've seen other rip-offs of Psycho that were just abominable, and this one was done decently well. Number two, the nightmare hallucination scenes that uh, Matthew goes through were actually pretty pretty cool. They were kind of goofy, but, like, I thought they were surprisingly well done. And number one, the guy who played Matthew did a fantastic job playing a psychotic, obsessive murderer with mommy issues. For all this movie's flaws, his acting was... Definitely um, not one of them. Well, one of the things we didn't mention was dialogue, but we're still going to have ourselves a good old-fashioned quote war. Quote war. We'll quote this movie back and forth. You tell us who has the better quotes. Paul will get us started with, He's my husband now. Your new daddy. Don't let him touch you. I'm sorry, lady. I need the house. I'm an amateur painter who turns tricks to make the rent. That's where I belong. See what I do for you? Get groceries and clothes and art stuff and kill people. I'm sorry. Wrong number. That ends this episode's edition of Quote Wars. If you have a favorite quote from this movie or anything else you'd like to say about it, please leave it in the comments below. It's time for our final take. Remember, friends, our final take is a score on our shot scale. Our shot scale is a reverse scale. 1 to 10, 1 being the best, 10 being the worst. How many shots do you need to get through this film? I gave it a 4 out of 10. I gave it a 5 out of 10. So Matthew starts off as a typical slasher serial killer movie. You know, murders his dad and then being after released from the mental institution, returns to his murderous ways. It's dull and uninspired. But then Matthew kidnaps a hooker and there's just some fun dialogue and interesting scenarios that play out through the second half of the film. All in all, it's not bad, but not something that I'd want to watch again sometime soon. In the world of horror films, there's no shortage of slashers, deranged individuals who, for one reason or another, decide to dedicate their lives to the art of murdering people. Some slashers are good at their craft. They're so good at their craft, they become legends, such as Michael Myers or Leatherface. Others are just kind of lame and forgettable, like Matthew. Matthew has all the hallmarks of a good slasher. Mommy issues, anger management problems, hallucinations, 
Um, even even tons of weapons. He even has a built-in weapon in the form of a hook for a hand. However, as much as he tries, Matthew just can't hack it, pun intended, as a memorable slasher villain or hero. Um, depends on your perspective. Maybe it's the poor visual lighting and sound quality of his one and only film debut. Maybe it's the unintimidating way that he comes off or, and, or how he's awkward around women. It could also just be how lame and uninspired his killing methods are, often forgetting he even has a hook for a hand and choosing other mundane weapons such as a rock, kitchen knives, or even his non-hook hand. Either way, as hard as he tries, poor Matthew just can't compete with the great slashers of history and is doomed to fall into ins- obscurity for all of eternity. In the end, Matthew is just a poor imitation of Norman Bates. Well, that's it for our final takes, but you know we always have ways to drink away the splick. Drink away the splick. So come on and grab your drink list. Drink away the splick. Bum, 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 bum. We'll give some drinking games for this film, but remember, friends, drink responsibly. Number one, every time Matthew sees his mom, take a drink. Number two, every time someone is driving, take a drink. Number three, whenever Matthew meets someone new, take a drink. And four, any time someone mentions painting, take a drink. Every time someone dies, take a drink. Every time Matthew compares himself to the sailor or mentions the sailor, take a drink. Every time Matthew lies, take a drink. And every time you see blood, take a drink. And those are your ways to drink away the stick. If you have any thoughts about this movie or anything else Beamer related, leave us a comment on either iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also email us at Like us on Facebook at facebook.com. Follow us on Twitter at bmoviebros. My personal Twitter at bmoviepaul. You can check out all of the kind of content, including reviews, interviews, and chats on our website, bmoviebros.com, where we have new shows each week. If you want to help support the show, consider donating to our PayPal or Patreon accounts. Links are provided below. Well, the end of uh, episode one for April. And, uh, of course, Matthew's in the number one spot because it's the only thing we've watched. So, as we continue cleaning out the crypt, we'll, uh, we'll find out next week what we're going to watch because we don't know yet until we uh, roll the dice on that. Will it get better? Will it get worse? Only the dice now. So, until next time, friends, be brave, be alive, and be back for more. Get <laughs> on, <laughs> I'm seeing a little bit.